0: It's the next level Green, Can I have an extra piece of candy for my stupid brother? He couldn't come with us because he's sitting in a pumpkin patch, waiting for the great pumpkin. It's so embarrassing to have to ask for something extra for that blockhead linus. pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. Trick or treat! Gee, I got a candy bar. Boy, I got three cookies. Hey, I got a package of gum. I got a rock. Trick or treat! I got a popcorn ball. I got a fudge ball. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. Do you
1: ever fantasize about being killed?
0: Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello,
1: Mr. Fancy. Never get out of the again. Never
0: get out of the kitchen. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble and witches galore, lurking behind every closed door. As you knock, beware the host. Will they be friendly, or a ghoul or ghost? Will they bear treats of candy and toys, or will they pounce on little girls and boys? The pumpkins and lights show they're happy to play, or are they a trick to attract their prey? Knock carefully, dear children, and be ready to run? Should a hobgoblin answer, looking for fun? Just how fast can your little legs go? Could they outrun a werewolf, should one open the door? Beware the black cat, should he make himself known. For near this house, he's likely to roam. Happy Halloween to all who may knock. From all who are watching around the clock.
2: Recorded in front of a dead audience, full of haunted souls and spooky spirits, from the Next Level Network of Podcasts and Studio Zero, a special Halloween edition of the show. Welcome back, everyone, to What Lurks Behind Podcast Podcast Zero. Zero, and I am your spooky host, Postmortem Paul. This is a Halloween special for all of you from me, because if there's one thing I know everyone's all about, you know, how 2020 has canceled this and canceled that and all this other shit. There's one thing you are not canceling on us, and that is Halloween. By the way, I'm just revealing this quickly, and then we'll move on to what I want to do for this show. Last episode, revealing to you guys a little trick I pulled on all of you for tricks and treats because at the end of last episode the mask of the red death i did say that if you had paid attention i had already revealed what this episode would be i did but i'm pretty sure most people don't have like the editing equipment to actually do what they could have done to figure out what this episode is because after the trailer timeout on the last episode there was a a, a little soundbite where everything was spoken backwards, that was actually me revealing what this episode was. It was just a little kind of a trick for tricks and treats that I decided to do. This episode is a special episode, It'll be, uh, and I'm cutting to the chase because this is gonna be a smaller episode so that I'm not interfering so much with everyone's festivities for Halloween. But this is a review I've always wanted to do, and I'm now taking the opportunity to do it. From 1966, a special little TV film, we'll call it TV short story, that apparently this year you can't watch on TV. Oh yeah, I mentioned that last episode too. Um, Anyways, yes, it's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I am reviewing And this is a family edition, by the way. This is, uh, I'm going to be really cutting down on the curse words, because if I'm going to be talking about a family-oriented show, I might as well keep this show family-oriented as well, so I'm going to pull back on the, the sarcasm and the obnoxious comments and my vulgar potty mouth. That's all going to the side for this, because this is Halloween, it's a time to celebrate, and let's celebrate it with everyone of all ages. So what we're going to do, um, trailer timeout is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I came upon an old relic. So the trailer timeout is actually a commercial. It was a, a promotion on TV. And I believe I read the date on this was like 1966 or 67. Um, it, it sounds very old school and it's awesome. The sound quality is not the greatest, but I want to still share it anyways as, as sort of a, a trailer for this beautiful show that I'm about to talk about as soon as the break is over. Back in a splat, kids.
0: Dear Gray Pumpkin, I'm looking forward to your arrival on Halloween night. I hope you will bring me lots of presents. They're back, all the Little Peanuts characters in a Happy Halloween special that's filled with delightful, heartwarming adventures from their wonderful cartoon world. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. George! And here's Linus to tell you more about it. On Halloween night, the great pumpkin rises out of his pumpkin patch and flies through the air with his bag of toys for all the children. While Linus waits for the Great Pumpkin, ghosts and goblins, witches and owls make the scene with Charlie Brown and his Peanuts playmates off on a haunting spree that's filled with surprises. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. In color.
2: While all of you were enjoying the trailer timeout, I actually came to the realization of something. I'm about to break one of the golden rules. Uh Uh-huh. You know how, like, I think... It's Linus. says there's like three things you never speak about, and The Great Pumpkin is one of them. Yeah, I'm about to talk about The Great Pumpkin. Oh, well, whatever. Happy Halloween, everyone. I'm going to say that like a hundred times this episode. No, I'm not. But anyways, it's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I'm reviewing this like I would anything else, by the way. I'm going to, you know, do director, producer, starring cast composer, all that sort of stuff. I'm doing all of it the way I normally would. So it's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, originally aired on television for the first time October 27th, 1966. The director of this fine Halloween special is Bill Melendez, and he's pretty much tied to everything that is Snoopy, Charlie Brown, Peanuts related, you know, all of it. But he also was tied to a few other projects, Uh, one being the, the Yuletide special of Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus. He also did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from 1979. And in 1992, another Yuletide special, he did Frosty Returns. You know what? I was going to save this for later. I'll probably mention it later anyways, but I'm going to mention it now. He's also the voice of Snoopy. That's kind of (laughs) cool. Because Snoopy is pretty much my favorite character in the whole Peanuts universe. I mean, I'm a beagle owner. It kind of goes with the territory. Moving on, though. So the great writer of The Great Pumpkin would be the great Charles M. Schultz. gotta stop using the word great but anyway (laughs) uh, Charles M. Schultz creator of Snoopy creator of Charlie Brown creator of the whole Peanuts gang 70 writer credits and I mean pretty much all of them are Peanuts because anywhere you see Snoopy or Charlie Brown or anything his name is automatically attached to it sadly he did leave us in the year 2000 20 years ago uh, February 12th to be exact Passed away from colon cancer and Parkinson's disease, but he left behind a magnificent legacy. Because Peanuts Gang rule. You can see I'm very biased this episode. (laughs) I don't think I criticized anything when I was doing my notes either. Anyways, uh, producers. Producers for this fine Halloween special i got to stop saying that. It's like I've seen a lot of people complaining online about the haunting of Bly Manor and the little girl that constantly keeps saying perfectly splendid. I have to stop using certain catchphrases this episode. Um, Anyways, I already talked about Bill, so we're going to talk a little bit about Lee Mendelssohn here. He also worked on the TV series Hot Dog from 1970, and he worked on the animated comic strip Kathy. Uh, But... I mean, pretty much as with Bill and with Charles, anywhere you see Snoopy or Charlie Brown or anything Peanuts related, his name is attached to it. And if you really want some sad news about Mr. Lee Mendelssohn, he passed away December 25th, 2019. That's sad. It's also kind of preemptive of realizing that 2020 was going to be a poop shoot. We lost Lee. I mean we pre- I think Bill might be the only one who's still alive I think. I think could be wrong on that. But anyways, Charles is gone, Lee is gone. Vince Guaraldi's still around though. Vince Guaraldi is the fourth name that is a constant in the Snoopy universe and the Peanuts universe. Uh, he's composer for all things Peanuts, great jazz musician. He's done other stuff as well. Don't get me wrong, but his he's pretty much tied to everything Peanuts. Uh, the interesting thing about his work credits, though, is that not only is he linked to Peanuts, he's linked to a lot of like big name movies and TV shows and whatnot because of this music. How many shows? How many movies can you think of that have sampled music from the Charlie Brown and Peanuts, you know, universe and whatnot? So, like shows like That '70s Show, The Royal Tenenbaums, House with uh, Hugh Laurie, uh, Grey's Anatomy, The Office, Parenthood, Two Broke Girls. I mean, even Ash vs Evil Dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or movies like Fred Claus. Like I, I, the, the the Peanuts music, especially that that one track, Linus and Lucy, is just one of the most popular, well-known musical pieces ever. You know what I mean? So I did note, though, that one of his non-Peanuts tracks, uh, a song called Cast Your Fate to the Wind, that shows up in a lot of movies and TV shows as well. Uh, movies like Castaway, The Wolf of Wall Street, TV shows like The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Like, So not everything Vince Guaraldi does is Peanuts related, but for the most part, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, those four names, you know, Bill Melendez, Charles M. Schultz, Lee Mendelssohn, and Vince Giraldi, you see those names, odds are something Charlie Brown is related to it. Moving on to our starring cast, starring cast is small list. It's kind of nice, but I mean, important nonetheless, right? I mean, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was voiced as, or voiced as, (laughs) voiced by Peter Robbins. Uh, Linus Van Pelt was voiced by Christopher Shea. Although in this, I believe the the credits say Chris Shea, not Christopher Shea. But, I mean, same thing, right? Uh, Lucy Van Pelt, Linus's sister. uh, Our favorite place kicker, Holder. We'll get more on that in a bit, but... Voiced by Sally Dreyer. Sally, Charlie Brown's sister, and uh, who goes on a nice little womanly rant at the end of this. <laughs> uh, she was voiced by Kathy Steinberg. Frida and Violet were voiced by Anne Altieri. Uh, Patty was voiced by Lisa DeFaria. I already mentioned this, but I'm going to say it again. Snoopy was voiced by Bill Melendez. Schroeder and Shermy were voiced by Glenn Mendelson, And Pigpen was voiced by Gabrielle DeFaria, but she went by Gail Deferria. Uh That was her credit in this. Okay, so the special is not rated. I lie, it's actually rated R for violence, language, and decapitations of Woodstock. No, I'm kidding. Special not rated. It's a TV show. Rated G, I think. Actually, I think when when they show the little rating in the top, uh, what is it, left-hand corner of the screen, it'll say like G for general audiences. Yeah, okay. Because honestly, you don't need to read this. I mean, maybe. I mean, some people could get scared, right? Ooh, it's spooky. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just adorable. The runtime is twenty-five minutes. Releases, it was released on VHS, it was released on DVD, it's been released released on Blu-ray, digital, and network television, except for 2020. Not airing on TV this year. Due to a distribution deal with Apple TV+. Plus. And Apple TV is like, okay, so what they're going to do, and this has been reported in the media and whatnot, October 30th, October 31st, and November 1st. You can apparently watch it for free on the app. Or, the, you know, you can go on a browser or whatnot. And they say you don't even have to have an account. You can just click that you want to watch it. You can watch it. Okay, that's kind of cool, but still. I know there's a lot of people that are still really PO'd. About the whole idea that it's not on network television. I can kind of understand that, I mean. But it is what it is. The synopsis for this wonderful special is one sentence. The Peanuts Gang celebrates Halloween while Linus waits for the Great Pumpkin. Yep. it's pretty much it. I mean, obviously, I could break it down a whole lot more about, you know, Snoopy with the sop with Camel and the Red Baron and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Lucy and Charlie playing football or, well, attempting to or whatever. I mean, sure, I could break the whole thing down, but that's what the review part is for. Notes from the Van Pelt Pumpkin Patch. Thought it was appropriate to title it that this week. So I'll do like I normally do. Trivia facts and incorporate my own feelings as well. I know you guys never really care what I think, right? I'm just kidding. Okay. So, the first time this was ever aired was October 27th, 1966. I already mentioned that. It preempted the show My Three Sons, for those of you who know what that show is. The original sponsors were Coca Cola and. Dolly Madison. Dolly Madison, I'm not overly familiar with. I admit that. I think that's a stateside thing. I don't think it's a Canadian thing. I could be wrong on that. I'm not going to lie. I I, I read that and I was like, hmm, I'm not familiar with that. But I do know Coca-Cola, obviously. And I believe they were the sponsors for quite a long time. As a matter of fact, I even remember as a kid watching, you know, a Charlie Brown Christmas or It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown or... It's the Easter Beagle Charlie Brown. That's another one I always used to love. And I always remember Coca-Cola was, you know, attached to it. Um, oh, this is kind of cute. I'm actually going to mention this now. Uh, So Charles Schultz, when he, when they were approaching, you know, making this special and whatnot, he wanted Charlie Brown to get a rock. The whole, I got a rock. He wanted it to be at one house. And Bill Melendez suggested it should happen three times. Now I know that also, and I've watched it in the past. And this is going back to like when I was like, you know, ten and eleven years old and whatnot. Sometimes they would edit this for time. I know you're thinking it's 25 minutes. What are they editing it for? But you got to keep in mind commercials and all that, you know, shtick. Um, I actually remember there was a version. Or like an edited version of this of this show where he only got a rock twice. The full length, you know, special whatnot, he gets three three different times. He goes, I got a rock. But I know there was an edited version where it only happened twice. Anyways, Charles Schultz only wanted it to happen once in in the special. Melendez wanted it to happen three times. And apparently then uh Lee Mendelssohn, said no, but he was overruled. Anyways, you get the whole point between the three of them. They argued over it and Charlie Brown gets three rocks. The funny thing about that, though, is that afterwards, after the first time it aired, apparently Charlie Brown had a whole bunch of bags and boxes of candy come in from all over the world. And they were in. I I assume they sent it to like the CBS studios or something like that. And anyways, it it was just for Charlie Brown. And apparently because so many people felt bad about the fact that he always got a rock on, on on Halloween, that, that fans of the show sent candy to the studio saying here, this is for Charlie Brown. Like talk about like that. That's, I was almost touched when I found that out. I was like, that is so cute. Like it's, I mean, obviously Charlie Brown is a fictional character, but who cares? It's the idea of who gives a kid a rock at Halloween? Like, (laughs) sadly, there are people that would do that. So the score for this I mentioned was done by Vince Guaraldi, but it was actually performed by the Vince Guaraldi Sextet. Which featured, okay, Giraldi was the piano player, uh, Monty Budwig was on bass, Colin Bailey on drums, John Gray on guitar, Ronald Lang on woodwinds, and Emmanuel Klein on trumpet. And I thought I would mention that because nobody ever talks about the other guys. We always know it as Vince Giraldi, which is obviously, I mean, I get that, but... Nobody ever mentions the rest of the band members. So I actually looked them up and I wanted to give them credit as well. You can get the soundtrack. The soundtrack finally saw a release in 2018 um, and it can be streamed on YouTube and Spotify. It's, it's very easy to find. So I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to mention it anyways. Lucy, when she pulls the football away from Charlie Brown as he's about to kick it. Causing him to fly through the air and land on his back. Uh, This was the first time it was ever actually animated. It had appeared in the comic strip, but it was never actually animated until this one. Now, I mean, like I said, like this is. I believe this was the third ever animated special for Charlie Brown. I know uh, Charlie Brown Christmas was the first one, I just can't remember what the second one was. But, anyways. So. When Linus walks into the living room after he's written his letter to the great pumpkin, I have more on that later, but anyways, uh, and Lucy's sitting in front of the TV. She's reading the TV guide. If you pay close attention, the picture on the, the the picture on the cover of the magazine is actually a picture of her, (laughs) which would be typically Lucy. Um, and so I guess, and see, I don't know why I always remember this airing on CBS. I do not remember this this like special being on NBC. But apparently it was. I, I don't remember that. But I guess it was on NBC at one point. And the whole Snoopy Schroeder scene, that apparently was cut out. And, and I never knew this. I never actually paid attention to this. This is one of the few specials ever made where Charlie Brown is not called a blockhead. And I never actually, in all my years of watching this, I never noticed that until I watched it this past week for this episode. And I'm like, they don't call him a blockhead. No, (laughs) Linus got that privilege. But I mean, okay, one would have to be a blockhead not to love at least something in this special. And I mean, you got to think about this is this this special is a great. It's a great celebration of the idea of Halloween, I know, and especially in, you know, current times, everyone's always we're, we're so quick to thinking that everything is going to be ruined. Halloween is one of those things that it's really hard to ruin it because there's so many different ways to celebrate it. And I like that. You see that in this special, whether it's the trick-or-treating, um, you know, the, the Halloween party, the bobbing for apples, um, I mean, even something, (laughs) I know this sounds kind of crazy, but the idea of Linus writing his letter to the Great Pumpkin, I mean, creative, I guess, um, there's a little bit more I have on that in a second, but, um, I mean, there's so much to this special to love, but it's not only just about Halloween. It's also about the autumn season. I mean, you have, you know, Linus running into the pile of leaves with a wet sucker after Charlie Brown and Snoopy just rake those leaves because Snoopy kind of helps. I mean, there's that whole cute scene where he's blowing the one leaf in the air, in the air, and it lands on top of the pile. And then Charlie Brown is like, thanks, good old pal. And I mean, there's that whole scene, and the idea of football. Football is a uh, in terms of you know U.S. football, you know, or well, there's CFL too, so I guess Canadian, North American football. Let's call it that. Um, you know, there, there's even a scene with that with Lucy that's like, here you can kick this ball, and Charlie Brown's like, I'm finally going to kick this ball, and of course he doesn't, and he lands on his back. And but I mean, it's it, it's it's something that has to do with the autumn season. I even like like the. The way they colored the, the sky and whatnot, and there's like the colors you know, it's very um, orangish and reddish and yellows and whatnot. This is a, a, a really great special that encompasses everything that is autumn and Halloween. I admit, so the Snoopy Red Baron part that was something for me that was kind of uh, in Francais, eh? uh, comme si comme ça uh one of those moments for me that I was like I can't love it or leave it um I don't hate it but it's just it's kind of like there um but I don't know I'm going to get onto the idea of the great pumpkin himself because th- there's actually a little bit to that okay so he's not number 2 uh, Santa is let's get that right I mean I I know Linus is all like you know oh well you know Maybe being number two, you try harder. And I guess that was a throwback to like some commercial back in the day and whatnot. But (laughs) it's like, I don't know. Growing up as a kid, I kind of always wished we had a Great Pumpkin more than a Santa Claus. I know it sounds kind of weird. But then again, I've never done anything normal. As for the Great Pumpkin, though, the Great Pumpkin was first mentioned by Linus in the comic strip. But about seven years prior to this, uh, in 1959. Um, and Charles, Charles Schultz, he always, uh, brought the idea of the great pumpkin back, uh, many times throughout the, the run of the strip and whatnot. And he's, he, it got mentioned a couple times, even in different specials and whatnot. Um, Oh, I even wrote down the quote. I have to. There are three things I have learned never to discuss with people. Religion, politics, and the great pumpkin. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny because I'm thinking to myself, over the past year, I have talked now about all three on this podcast. Something I said I would never do, but I've done. So, breaking my own rules along with Linus's, apparently. Um, So... This is kind of interesting, and I kind of want to talk about this uh, very briefly because I just mentioned, you know, the three things you never talk about, religion, politics, and the Great Pumpkin, and I'm about to talk about two of them. So, (laughs) because the Great Pumpkin, uh, the inspiration behind it, the idea behind the Great Pumpkin, for Charles Schultz anyways... I guess he's been the the whole idea of the great pumpkin was cited as a symbol of strong faith or blind faith. Um there was a book that was released called The Charlie Brown Religion in which um you know it, I I I haven't read the book but I guess it, it breaks down the idea of the uh, certain religious uh themes that pop up in Charlie Brown cartoons and specials and whatnot. I mean, I think to a certain degree, you have to look a little bit harder to find that because I mean, aside from a, a you know, a, a Charlie Brown Christmas where there is that whole one scene where Lin- Linus is basically quoting the Bible. I mean, yeah, religion shows up, but I mean, religion can show up in pretty much anywhere, but anyways, um, So the idea of Linus having this unshakable belief, like he's just, he's absolutely committed to the idea of the great pumpkin. Uh, I guess for some, you know, theorists and whatnot, it's been interpreted as almost being a parody of Christian evangelism. Um, Others uh, see Linus's belief in the great pumpkin as symbolic of struggles faced by anyone with beliefs or practices that are not shared by the majority Um, which I, that's the part I always related to like growing up as a kid, I always saw things differently from everybody else. And even now at 45 years old, I still see a lot of things differently than a majority. And that's the part I always related to with this. I get this whole religious thing. And I mean, like I, I, like I wrote this stuff down and it was like, okay, I get this. But for me, it was always the idea of that. Linus was not afraid to be different. He was not afraid to believe in something, despite the fact that everybody else thought he was an idiot and they laughed at him and called him a blockhead and everything else. He had this true conviction to the great pumpkin and he was not backing down from it. I also kind of looked at it like growing up as a kid, Halloween was always more my favorite than Christmas. And you know, a lot especially around like your friends and whatnot, you know, Christmas is the time when you get gifts and you get presents and you get to brag about everything you got for Christmas, where Halloween is just, you go out and you get candy. I, I I admit I didn't trick or treat every year as a kid, but I always enjoyed the season of Halloween more just because it was all about spooks and goblins and ghouls and all that sort of stuff. And that was always up my alley. So I was kind of the odd kid out. So Watching this, I always related to Linus, even though in most ways in my life, I relate more to Charlie Brown, but this was probably the one time that I related to Linus and I get the religious tones where people are coming from. I think they're stretching it a little, but at the same time, I relate to it more in that Linus was the oddball out and he didn't care. And as a kid myself growing up, that was sort of the same way I approached things. So, um, and I mean, Charles Schultz himself kind of claimed that the whole idea of like the religious tones and whatnot was It wasn't really the motivation behind it. He just wanted the humor of, of one of, the peanuts gang confusing Halloween with Christmas, which pretty much is more or less what's going on in this. Like the whole idea of like, you know, the great pumpkin will fly through the air and bring, you know, toys and goodies to good kids all around the world and stuff. And it's like, um, and that belonged to the fat red dude, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Oh. And then, yeah. Like, uh, Schultz also said that Linus, uh, you know, His crack about going out and singing pumpkin carols and stuff, um, you know, was because of the idea like at Christmas, you know, had your Christmas carolers and this would be pumpkin carolers and stuff. So like, yeah, like Charles Schultz more or less, you know, he wanted to just make it funny, but there's been a lot of theorists that came along. And like I said, there's a book called the Charlie Brown religion and stuff like that. So whatever, let's move on past that. Let's talk about Snoopy and the Red Baron because that is a big part of the, the special. Um, uh, so Snoopy and the Red... Snoopy versus the Red Baron is actually a song as well. It was inspired by this comic strip. Um, if I read something correctly, there was actually a legal battle about that because the song was made and the use of the word Snoopy apparently it was a copyright infringement or something like that. And there was a big fight between the band, which I can't remember who the band was that sang it. Um, and like United, United Syndicate, which is basically like the copyright owners of everything, Peanuts and whatnot. There was a whole thing about that and what and whatnot, but the song itself kind of like was about the idea of Snoopy imagining himself uh, in the role of a World War One like, you know, Flying ace, kind of thing, which by the way, trivia. So, the name of his doghouse, aka his little fighter plane, is the Sopwith Camel. Because some people don't know that it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I, and I believe it's mentioned right in the episode, but I come across people that are like, Oh, I didn't know that's what it was called. It's like, Okay, pay attention more, anyways. Uh, okay so anyways there's the whole scene where he imagines himself as a world war one flying ace apparently this was very common in the comic strip and in obviously the different cartoons Uh, as the years went on obviously he would create more imaginary characters like joe cool and whatnot um this special though was the first time we actually saw this on tv Uh, there was a fighter squad. This is kind of cool. Actually, there was a fighter squadron in the Vietnam, like during the Vietnam war, they wanted to use Snoopy, uh, dressed up as the world war one flying ace. They wanted to use him as their mascot. They actually got permission from Charles M Schultz before doing it. And apparently he was a veteran himself. So he had no problem. He was like, go ahead. You can absolutely do this. Uh Lee Mendelssohn does tell had told, I should say, past tense, <laughs> the Washington Post. Um he told them that this that that sequence with the whole Snoopy versus the Red Baron was actually one of the most memorable animated scenes ever. And he believes that because of that scene, this is his this is his favorite um special of the Peanuts gang. He, he calls it a masterpiece, which is really, let's be fair. Masterpiece is a pretty good word for this special. Um, okay. So this is going to kind of lead into the final part of this episode, this Halloween special, because now it's time to get into more of the receptions. I'm, Doing this a little bit differently, and the fact that I'm going to include my own personal thoughts as I go along with this. So, but I mean, this this special, like I said earlier, is a great introduction to not only Halloween but the autumn season, um, and it is a family tradition. One that is shared by members of young and old, which is awesome because as the years have gone on, I mean, this, this was a special that my mom shared with me and, you know, not that I have kids, but I have dogs and I usually share it with them. I know you're thinking he's so weird, but the thing is, is what I'm trying to say is, is that, um, this is one of those specials that gets passed on through the generations. Um I even know like friends of mine who have kids or grandkids even that um you know they've shared it with them and it's it's gone on. It is a family tradition. Yes, Apple will allow it to be streamed for free, but quite honestly this is something that should have stayed on network television. Um I know we live in an era where cable TV and network television are not watched half as much as they used to be, but still it's the fact remains, it should have continued to have been a tradition no matter what. Um, Different critics. I I got a few comments from critics. Uh, Matt Roche of TV guide wrote, no matter how often we see it, we'll still be happy to wait in the pumpkin patch with Linus and wait for it. When Lucy, pulls the football away from Charlie Brown and will delight when Snoopy is on the other end of the apple. When Lucy goes bobbing. Yes. Like that's the thing there. Every scene in this special is iconic. Every, every moment in this special is something that you remember and you've talked about with people. Felix Vasquez, junior of cinema crazed was quoted as saying may not be one of the better Charlie Brown specials. I beg to differ, but anyways, but it sure is a great celebration of not just the autumn season, but of Halloween and what a little faith in the tradition can do to a young child. Quickly to note, yes, absolutely. We it, Halloween allows kids to use their imagination, to be creative, to have fun, to interact, to possibly discover their gateway into the horror genre. But no... um. No, it allows kids to be creative and just just let loose and not be themselves. You know, they can be whatever they want to be. You want to be Darth Vader. If you want to be, I don't know, uh, a ghost, a goblin, a ghoul, a Tinkerbell, um, a Cabbage Patch Kid or Garbage Pail Kid. Um, I want to be Pennywise. Please don't go down that sexy Route though when doing Pennywise. I see that so often where like, you know, we try to like make Pennywise sexual. Don't do that. It's wrong. Just go with the creepy clown. But um <laughs> I'm kind of going off on a tangent. Stop. Uh come back. Um, but no, uh that's the one thing I-, I-, I don't agree with him about may not be one of the better Charlie Brown specials. In my opinion, I think this is easily one of the top three, in my opinion, but But in terms of allowing it to, you know, have faith in a tradition and to allow, you know, to allow children to be children. And this is a perfect holiday or occasion for that because nobody, I consider Halloween a holiday, but I know that it's not technically a mandatory holiday. Your, Your job will not give you holiday pay for Halloween, which is a shame. We need to change that. We need to make it that Halloween is a day off paid. That's the way this world should work. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Rob Vaux of Flipside Movie Emporium said, What the hell kind of grown-up hands out rocks on Halloween? To which the user, the list is life42 on Letterboxd said, The I got a rock bit is genuinely one of the funniest bits, one One of the funniest things of all time as much as it is funny, yes. Who the hell would give a kid a rock and center that kid out? That's mean. That's absolutely cruel. Yes. I admit I, I, the, I got a rock thing for me has always been one of those things where it's like, if I'm having a really bad luck day, if everything just seems to be going wrong, like I'll break down and go, I got a rock. Like, because, (laughs) because it's like that kick in that, that yes. Like, it just feels like that. It's like, as much as it, it, I guess it it brings levity to uh, a a crappy moment, but at the same time, it's like, like Rob Vogue says, who gives out rocks at Halloween? And it's like, yeah, who does that? I mean, I know there's the whole urban legend thing about the razor blade and the candy apple and whatnot. And I'm pretty sure there are a few, you know, poop heads. I'm trying to keep this family oriented. Um, there's a a few jerks out there that will try to screw with the, the holiday and whatnot. But I mean, all in all, I, it it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to wonder like, where did they think that up? You know, did it happen to one, maybe it happened to like one of the creators, like, you know, when they were a kid, someone threw a rock in their bag or something. I don't know. It is funny, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, who would do that? Um, Moving on to IMDB has this rated at an 8.2 out of 10 with eight and 10 being the two most voted rankings uh, by far. Believe it or not, I actually saw something where I think it's like 0.7% of people rated this at a one star out of 10. How dare you? How dare you give it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, a one out of 10 like kind of despicable being are you you who are out there that gave it one out of 10 what's wrong with you people clearly no one listening to this show is giving it a one out of 10 but letterboxd has it rated at 3.9 out of 5 so we'll round up to the greater number it's four out of five Rotten Tomatoes has it at 94% fresh from the critics and 85% fresh for the audience score. Surprisingly, the audience score was lower. Not that it's a bad rating, 85% is awesome, but I was just surprised. I was like, hmm, you don't see that often. It's usually flip side. And 94% of Google users like this special. The podcast zero rating, I'm going to make this real easy. Really simple. It's a 9.5 out of 10. And you're like, you didn't give it a 10? I know this is going to really blow your minds, but A Charlie Brown Christmas is the perfect special, in my opinion. And that's coming from a kid who grows up loving Halloween, loving horror, loving ghouls and goblins and everything like that. A Charlie Brown Christmas is actually my favorite Charlie Brown special of all of them. But staying with this one, I mean, like this... It's a fun little gem from my childhood. It's it's a tradition that I grew up with. Watched it every year. Eventually, would grow up to <laughs> buy it on VHS, then buy it on DVD. I have it on HD. Like I said, I don't have it on Blu-ray, but maybe even that changes one day. It's not like it's an expensive Blu-ray. Maybe I change that even one day. But I mean, like it's it's just something that a child. Char- it, it, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown is a lifelong tradition for me. And there was no way I was going to continue this podcast without getting the chance to talk about it, to rave about it, to rant about it, because there's nothing really to rant about. Well, there is things to rant about. People being stupid and giving it one out of ten. Damn you. But on that note, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for enjoying this uh, Halloween special. There will be no actual 81st episode this uh coming week taking a little bit of a break and enjoying the holiday season and whatnot like i said not a holiday but we need to make it a holiday halloween should be a paid day off i don't care what anyone says it should be i mean i'm not gonna get like all like religious and technical and all that sort of brouhaha but technically halloween is more an accurate holiday than christmas is don't ask me to go there but anyways If you're looking for the podcast or you know of a friend that wants to listen to it, whatnot, you got to direct them in the right direction. Spotify and Apple podcasts for sure. Google is doing some weird stuff, so I don't know what's going on with that, but you can also go to the home site for the podcast, the next slash podcast zero. Go there. It's always there. It'll always be there. Um, Except if you've been on the, the page, and you probably noticed, previous episodes, as as the weeks go on, we kind of we knock them off. If you want to hear like the really old episodes, uh, definitely look up, um, like subscribe to the podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Sometimes some people it's Castbox, um, FM Player. Spotify, Apple, whatever, do that. And you'll be able to find all the episodes. They're all there. I mean, I I don't take them down. Even that Suspiria episode that I absolutely did loathe and despise is still online. (laughs) You can go listen to it if you'd like. I wish you wouldn't, but anyways, you can also find the podcast at what lurks behind on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero and on Twitter at WLB podcast zero. And that's that. I'm um, going to close out with obviously a traditional Halloween track. We're going to close out with the monster mash, of course, because it's the only way to do something like this again. Thank you so much for tuning in and happy Halloween to you all. Uh, blessed Samhain. Sowin, by the way not Sam Hain. and yeah I, I appreciate all of you there's uh, I do want to mention one last thing A- every year around Halloween I notice that the, the you know the social media accounts I get more followers and more likes and whatnot and I, I assume that has something to do with Halloween obviously but for any of you that might be new to the podcast and are now tuning in I want to thank you and welcome you to the podcast experience as I always call it a shared podcast experience. And I just thank you so much for you know finding finding my little show. I, I'm not the most traditional or normal podcaster, but I try to do what I do. I try to do it and have fun with it. I know that at times I'm obnoxious or I make very opinionated points. But, I mean, all in all, it's just meant for the fun of the show and not to be taken seriously. I don't take myself seriously. Please don't take this show seriously. (laughs) But anyways, that's that. Thank you so much. Happy Halloween, everyone. And now it's time to close out with the Monster Mash. We'll be back in a few weeks with episode 81. And on that note, it's a cut.
1: Eerie sight! For my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster mash. The
0: monster match.
1: It was a graveyard smash. He did the
0: match.
1: It got on in a flash. He did the
0: match.
1: He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feet the ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. In a shoot the party a had movie. just begun. In a shoot the guests in now everything's cool. a part of the band, and my monster mash is the hit of the land for you, the living. This mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them Boris said. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash is you in pastor